with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. It is a Tuesday morning. Alan Wishart in the host as usual. Steve on the board. Also, as usual, again, got a full show lined up. I hope all the guests make it in. The first two did. Ron Gallo, Linda Mizey with the 55-plus games. And now, I, I guess, first thing, for some people who might be a little bit confused, that's not the name they've always had. No, it's not. And Linda can probably speak about the history a little bit. But, yeah, the 55-plus BC Games uh, has been around now for a couple of years. And um, I think that there – I think you're right. I think that there's still a learning curve with that. Yeah, it used to be seniors' games, I think, wasn't it? Well, the association is still – that is their formal okay. name as the BC Seniors <laughs> Games Society. Just to make even more confusion. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then we are, operate the 55-plus BC Games. Okay. Um, and that sort of came about because there were people who said they didn't want to be called seniors. Mm-hmm. And I guess the other thing was I know um, there seems to be different definitions of what's a senior. Like, for so many years, everybody just assumed, well, a senior, that means you're 65. Well, then you started to go to some places, and, like, they might have, say, a senior's discount, and it might start at 60 or at 55. So it got confusing. So 55-plus games at least indicates to people this is how old you have to be to take part to start with. Now, what zone are we in? I'm trying to remember. This is zone nine. Yeah, it's a fairly large zone. It, it goes it from... It is. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's actually some bigger geographical ones, but ours is a big zone. It goes from Mackenzie down to 70 Mile House, mm-hmm. and it goes from this side of Vanderhoof all the way out to McBride. Okay. So not quite as far west as a lot of the regional zones are. But uh, And now the 55-plus BC games, they're not just around the corner, but an important date is. So when are the games and what's the important date that's coming up? The games are actually August 22nd to the 26th. And the deadline to register is this Thursday, June 15th. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Now, how are registrations going? Again, Prince George being a last-minute town, I'm not expecting... <laughs> it's not just Prince George, though, and it's yeah. not just Zone 9. It seems to be a province-wide. There there could be a lot of excuses, and I mean, I don't want to get into the excuses. I think, more importantly, we need to make sure that people are aware that the games happen on an annual basis in a different host community, and that there's lots of opportunities to experience the social aspect mm-hmm. as well as the competitive aspect. Because that's one thing that I think a lot of people probably don't realize because so many games are like every two years or every four years. But the 55-plus are every year. That's correct. Wow. Yeah, every year. Um, in fact, the next five games are all mapped out. Um, so, I mean, we've got host cities that are waiting to host the participants from across the province of British Columbia. And the goal is always to have about 3,000 plus competitors. And there's lots of, again, there's lots of different sports. And Linda's been around to see the ebbs and the flows for some of those sports. Um, you, we've seen some sports that have taken off like this year. Pickleball is yes. huge. Yes. And unfortunately, a sport that I'm near and dear to cycling is not quite as big. <laughs> So now, what? Because it's not just sports either, is it? Like it is the games. Like there are some things that people see. Like I think bridge is one of the events. Yes, it is. There's 
crib and bridge and whist. Okay. Um, some of the less active um, sports, but not card games, are darts, lawn bowling, uh, five pin bowling, bocce. Okay. There's a, there's a huge list of events, so there's really something for everyone. Yeah. And then, of course, there are the more active sports, like as Ron was saying, cycling. Cycling, mountain biking, swimming, track and field. Track and field, yeah. Jeez. So the registration deadline is Thursday. What do you have to do to register? What, like, what qualifications, if any, do you have to have besides being 55 plus? You just have to turn 55 by the December 31st, 2023. You have to be 55 this year, and that's yep. your only qualification. Okay. Wanting to be able to participate, um, I know that there's people that will look at it as, as a competitive nature, mm-hmm. and yes, there is competition. Mm-hmm. There are medals that are handed out. Don't get me wrong. No. I'm not saying that there isn't competition. There most definitely is. But even in many of the sports, there's levels of it. There's the more advanced competitive, but there's also what's called recreational categories as well. So there's lots of opportunities for people to be able to experience a sport that they're passionate about, a sport that they've maybe fell in love with over the last couple of years and want to be able to take it to a larger stage. This is your opportunity. Now, 55 plus games, but I am guessing it's not all just one age group. Hmm. Seems kind of unfair to put somebody who just turned 55 or is turning 55 on December the 30th, so they're actually only 54 when the games are taking place. And put them up against somebody who's in their 80s. That doesn't seem fair. Well, no. And um, each sport has uh, different increments. Um, Track and field, for instance, would go 55 to 59, 60 to 64, and so on. And once you get up to 90 or 95, then it would just be 95 plus. Wow. And believe me, there are people in track and field and some of the more active sports Mm. that are that age. Now, was that... Is that something that's changed over the years as well? Because the population's getting older, they've had to sort of move the number of age categories up? Yes, absolutely. And also, every year there are um, there's a rules committee mm-hmm. that goes over and just sees um, what the numbers are in each sport, and they will adjust for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a constantly changing according to uh, the participation now, do you have you found over the years most people from this air from this zone have one sport and they stick to it, or do you find some people who like to change sports up every few years? Uh, most people stick to one sport, mm-hmm. whereas sometimes if uh, as you uh, get older and you find you can't take part in in one, then you may move on to something else, just because the games are just so much fun it's mm-hmm. it's just uh, the camaraderie um there's that uh something to look forward to because the games are once a year but really they're all year round for mm-hmm. motivating you to yep. train and that sort of thing um for example i went in track and field for 15 years and then i switched over to ice curling wow okay august abbotsford curling one of these doesn't really match the other two. <laughs> Games it? only happen once a year, yeah, so right. there are some winter sports. Okay. There's hockey in, including. Okay. Yeah. But there's no downhill skiing. No, no okay. downhill skiing. They're not bringing out the snow machines. Okay. But they do have curling. Wow. Yes, and, yeah. and, and the host communities 
um, can choose the sports that they're going to put okay. in the in their games. So if they uh, are able to have a curling rink that will put the ice in at that time of the year, maybe hold some other um, bond spiels around that time, then they will find it's feasible to do, and they will offer it in our games. And that's where it helps having it mapped out in advance who's going to be hosting the games is because I'm guessing whoever's hosting, like, say, four years down the road doesn't have to already have their list of what sports and games they're using right now. They've got time to talk to their community and figure out what they can get. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So now, mapped out about five years in advance, what's the closest it's going to get to Prince George? Well, right now, next year, it's in Salmon Arm. Then it goes back to Vancouver Island. It'll be in Nanaimo. And then it's Kamloops and Surrey. Okay. Uh, Prince George did put in a bid. And one of the things that we did uh, recognize with our bid is that uh, we wanted to try to incorporate a larger aspect of our zone and so we were trying to have games in both prince george and quinnell mm. but because we were separated a little bit with time and distance um, our bid is uh, been shelved and we'll probably revisit a bid for down the road okay so most of the time, they try to keep the games fairly condensed in terms of space. Well, you're looking at accommodations, you're looking yes. at travel, you're looking at um, you know an, um, an older population base that needs to be able to get from an opening ceremonies or an accreditation mm-hmm. and then to their sport. And so you don't want them to have to go too far. So there is opening ceremonies. Are there closing ceremonies as well? Yes, yes. Okay. There's um there's quite a few social activities outside of yep. the competition. So there's um the opening ceremonies uh usually on the Wednesday night. There's Thursday night there will be some sort of entertainment. Friday night is a dance and closing ceremonies. Hmm. And the Saturday is the finals and uh volunteer celebration. Okay. Now, how many people from Zone 9 have you gotten and I'm guessing it's going to be tough to put a number on that because I'm thinking for a couple of years there, there was probably no games because of COVID. We lost out on one game. Okay. Uh, the Richmond games never happened in 2020. Mm-hmm. Then the games in 2021 actually got moved to 2022 in Victoria. So two years we were without games. Yeah. Okay. But so let's say BC, before COVID, hmm? how many people from Zone 9 normally would you figure out? Rough, rough, rough numbers. We averaged between 150. Um, on a good year, mm-hmm. we would do 200. Like the, the games were here in 2008, and I mm-hmm. believe we had over 200 that that year. Yeah, not having to travel helps. <laughs> yes, exactly. It helps in every zone that hosts. <laughs> now, what is there? Are there what we normally think of as team sports like curling? It's a team sport, but you're not actually competing against the other team if you know what I mean like it's not like a soccer or rugby or anything like that is, is for instance is there soccer in the games there is soccer okay. um, they introduced a new format for soccer they introduced walking soccer um, so again it was designed for um, the different demographic yeah. but for team sports you'd be surprised at how many are team based or at yeah. least partners based you've got badminton you've got pickleball you've got tennis you've got there's a long list of sports that are team based now, do you have to enter as a team, or do you just have to enter as part of the zone? 
typically we'd want you to be able to enter as a team, but I know that uh, Linda has been working tirelessly at trying to pair up people that have entered as a single competitor mm-hmm. in a sport that needs to have a partner right. or a team. And so that's called cross-zoning. So sometimes you might get paired up with somebody from another zone. And Linda has been <laughs> bug-eyed with that. <laughs> So you must keep, you have to keep in touch with them with the representatives from all the other zones as well to figure out who's got extra or who's got odd odd placements. Yes, there's a master list. Mm-hmm. If you um, need a partner, you put your name on the list. If you're willing to be a partner, you put your name on the list. So there's and some of the larger teams, especially like slow pitch, mm-hmm. um, hockey, uh, that sort of thing, may only need two or three, and in other ones they might just need one partner. Yeah. So now, when that happens, um, yes, how do they do they keep standings for the zones at the games? That's the interesting part of it because, of course, if you get two partners on a on a doubles team, you have to pick a zone. Okay. So you have to represent a zone. And I know I was helping out a friend find a partner yesterday, and I reached out to somebody in Burnaby, and he's like, I just want to play the games. I don't care what zone. I'm like, good, you're in zone nine. Yeah. (laughs) You just become a resident of Prince George. (laughs) (laughs) So now, how, how do people, are people responsible for their own transportation to and from the games? Just checking on that. Until we can find a sponsor that would do something like that, absolutely you're responsible for your own uh, travel and accommodations. Uh, When you do your registration, you end up uh, covering the registration cost for the membership to be a member of the 55-plus BC Games, Mm -hmm. your participation, and, of course, there's a sport fee. Every sport has a slightly different fee associated with it. But that's what you end up paying for when you register for the games. You still need to find your accommodations and all the rest of that. Now, can people register for more than one sport? No, but I've got a little asterisk there. Okay. For the first time ever, we were able to introduce the opportunity for people on Saturday to run the 10K road race. Regardless of your sport, you could also sign up to run the road race. Wow. Because I guess that's that's a that's a sport that just what anybody can participate in, really. Like yeah. you don't need any specialized equipment. You don't need a lot of training. Yeah, you just have to. You have to think of the logistical nightmares. So you've got all of these zones. You've got all of these players. Mm-hmm. You've got all of these sports. And somebody wants to do archery and somebody wants to do cycling. Well, now all of a sudden you have to try and balance out when the entire cycling races are held versus all of the flights in archery. Yeah. Yeah, so I could see that happening. Um, if people are, do people have to be there for the whole time? Like if they if they they register, they look at the schedule. Their event is starting, say on Friday. Is there any need for them to be there on Wednesday unless they want to take part in the opening ceremonies? Uh, generally, most sports run either two or three days. Okay, and they do have to be there the day before for accreditation right. to sign in. Mm-hmm. Um, so most sports like start on Wednesday. There's a few that are just Thursday and Friday. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday is finals. So that would depend on whether you make the finals okay. or not. So you're pretty much there for the yeah. for the four uh, days. If you figure, I'm not very good at this. I'm not going to worry about Saturday. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. And now, do you, for the cl- are there closing ceremonies? 
Those are the ones on Friday night. So So. they actually happen just before the final day. Okay. So that you don't have that situation where as people finish their event, they leave. Not very often. No, not very often. Do you get from zone nine when you're competing, do you sometimes hear people in the stands cheering for you who are from zone nine, but from other sports? Oh yes, oh, yes. Okay. No, we we have people that go, you know, around the, when they are not competing, yeah. they'll go to some of the other sports just to watch. Wow. Yep. Okay. It's and also there's a a category that you can register in called supporter. So that's for anyone that's um, not competing, like right. say maybe a spouse that's not yeah. competing, and um, so of course it's a lesser registration fee, mm-hmm. and um, and then they go along and. I touched on it a little bit earlier, but maybe you didn't expand on it enough. Um, yes, I've gone to be very competitive, mm-hmm. um, and so is everybody else. But what everybody seems to come away with, even if they've got medals hanging around their neck, it's not the medals. It's it's the friendships that were developed, the, the fact that people are cheering on everybody. If somebody from a different zone sees somebody doing something spectacular, they're the first ones to stand up and, yeah. and recognize it and, and make sure that, you know, everybody knows about this. We've got a couple of exceptional athletes from zone nine and they they say the same thing. You know, it doesn't matter about the medals. It's about the people. Now, we've got to wrap this up pretty quick, but I just realized there's something we haven't talked about yet. Where do people go to register? <laughs> because of the short notice, yes. we want people to pick up a pen and a piece of paper right now and write down Linda's phone number so that we can get you registered because there's very little time. We don't right. want to send you to the website because the registration form needs to be printed off. It needs to be filled out. It needs yeah. to be emailed. It needs a lot of things done. Just give Linda a call, 778 778- Three four nine nine zero two six. Linda can say that number again. So that's seven seven eight three four nine nine zero two six. And if you just call me, you don't need to have a computer. I will get a registration form to you somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do have email, I'll email you a yes. form and and we will get you registered. Sounds great. Ron Gallo, Linda Mizey. Zone 9 for the 55-plus BC Games. Thanks very much for coming in and bringing us up to date. Thank Thank you you for having us, and we'll leave you a registration form. Right, right. (laughs) Okay, we're going to take a quick break while I uh, have a good laugh, and we'll be back with more after 9. If you're looking for those long-forgotten rock songs, then tune in to Beneath the Grooves with Jenny and BC Kid every Saturday night at 8 for deep-cut rock tracks from the 60s to the 80s. Hear from well-known artists like the Moody Blues and the Alan Parsons Project, as well as obscure acts like Sugarloaf and Madrigal. It's the band you love, but the songs you've forgotten on Beneath the Grooves. Saturday nights at 8 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. You hear a lot of older people complaining about younger people, but you don't often hear about a Grandma Peggy, who feeds strange teenagers breakfast before school on a Wednesday morning. If she is real, we need an army of Grandma Peggy's in this city. Dr. Michael Ziegler with a story of how God's love is being poured out just around the corner. This week on The Lutheran Hour. Be listening for The Lutheran Hour Sunday mornings at 8 here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. 
Are you thinking of selling your business? It's Dave Fuller here, a business coach and a business broker living right here in Prince George. The challenge of being a business owner is that much of our retirement funds are often tied up in the business. If you are getting ready to retire and sell your business, give me a call, 250-617-7467, and we can talk confidentially about how much your business might be worth and how you might be able to get that money out of the business and into your pocket. Again, Dave Fuller, 250-617-7467, or check out our website, pivotleader.com. At Pivot Leader, we help you grow, train, and sell your business. Forecast from Environment Canada. Showers today with the risk of a thunderstorm this afternoon. Wind becoming northwest 30, gusting to 50 this afternoon, a high 17. A few showers ending overnight, then clearing. Local smoke, gusting northwest winds continuing, a low of 9. For Wednesday, sunny with local smoke. Wind becoming northwest 20 near noon, a high 21 with a high UV index. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George, you're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And it seems like it wasn't that long ago I had my next guest in, but at that point, Sandra Klim, we were talking about the color walk. That's right. Yeah, we were now, here. I get quick question. Quick, let's let's go the way that how did that go? It was really great. Yeah. We made a make, big mess. It was oh, awesome. That's, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, and he had a lot of participation. I'm guessing as well because I know on Facebook. We had was, so yeah. many people. Yeah, it was it was a beautiful day. The uh, fire department was there again. We mm. had, um, we literally celebrated life with color. It yes. was beautiful, a beautiful mm. turnout. So again, quick thank you to everyone that made mm. us um, make this event possible and that participated and supported us. Now. You you got what a whole two days of turnaround time before you had to take on your next project. Pretty much. <laughs> but I'm guessing the hospice dream home is something you're probably sort of working on almost all year, anyways. It is a full year project. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is our biggest fundraiser of the year for the Prince George Hospice Palliative Care Society. So it is pretty much the minute we give that key to the winner. Yeah. The hole goes into the ground for the next house. Yeah, and now, speaking of which. I was talking with somebody who had already been out, was out, because the home opened last week, correct? On Monday, yeah. Yes. And somebody, a friend of mine was out last week, just to take a look at it, and he said, it's in a different area. Yeah, surprise, surprise. Yeah. We switched things up a little, so. Just to confuse people. Yes, we thought this time we, um, we are somebody, somewhere else. We had the Nunchakovie subdivision for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were running out of space. There was no more space. So okay. now you can find us up in University Heights. We're at the opposite end of town. Okay. Yeah. So anybody who tries driving to where it used to be saying, I'm just going to look for the signs. No, not a good idea. Nope. 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 You're going to take a scenic drive this year yes. to find the dream home. We are definitely at the other end of town. University Heights, 3445 Monroe Way. Mm-hmm. Really easy to find. You just go up Tyner. You turn down University Heights, go all the way to the end, and just follow the signs. It's really yeah, beautiful. It's because you guys have got the signs out. We do I have signs out. Yep. Let's just say in a job that I had previously in the last few years, I spent a few weekends going out to the hospice show home. Yeah. And it was always very easy to find because there were signs all over the place. It's supposed to be easy. Sometimes yeah. the weather plays a little bit of a trick to us. Uh, I noticed that uh, two days ago on my morning in that one of the signs was gone. I'm like, no, somebody stole a sign, but it just fallen over. So I have rocks behind it. So mm-hmm. if you see a sign looking kind of strange, or even if you see a sign of the dream home falling over, yeah. pick it up. That would be amazing. If you can help us and support us this year by 
Picking up a sign that's fallen over, that would be absolutely amazing. Or if you see a sign for the Dream Home and it happens to be on 3rd Avenue, that probably means there was a bit of a wind. <laughs> that was a bit of a wind, yes. <laughs> so, new location, new area of town. Did the builder take the time, take the chance then to maybe come up with a different look for the home? Well, this year we actually have a different builder. Oh. So it's always, um, that's that the board does. They figure out who's going to build their, um, where it's going to build. And again, in the end, it is a fundraiser. We're trying to do um, the most reasonable thing for hospice possible. So this year we have Tor Enterprises. And so Dave Tor is our new builder. And so we have a little bit of a different look. The house is a little smaller than anything that we usually have, which is really nice. We're all trying to cut back a little bit. And our last few homes have been gorgeous. But again, really, really big. So for a family of even just two or three, it's really it's really big. Yeah. You have to rent the basement out. So this home is a little bit smaller. It's a little... um, more family friendly. And I was looking at the picture on the website, mm-hmm. and it, it's a very distinctive look to it. Just even from that front view, with the, yes. all kinds of different angles, yeah, there's and colors. Yeah, it's it's different. It's definitely uh, a modern look, um, mm-hmm. contemporary, but still really classy. And my favorite um, part about the house is. The location. Mm. I love the open space behind it. Like the yard, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, is huge for somebody Mm -hmm. that has to cut the lawn. Um, I will let you guys know just how long that will take. Um, We're very close to that (laughs) stage. But again, the... It's beautiful. It's a beautiful property. Um, the neighbors, oh my goodness, they're incredible. The people that are living on the street, they've been wonderful. So whoever wins this house doesn't just win a beautiful home, but they're going to be part of a family on that street there. And I, again, speaking from experience, yes, especially if you go on the weekend to visit the dream home, um, bring... Maybe not like, you know, hiking shoes, but make sure you've got comfortable shoes on because you may end up walking a couple of blocks from where you park. <laughs> Actually, this year is not so bad oh, okay. because University Heights, again, there's way more parking. Last year, our dream home, oh. again, we took one of the last lots there. It was a cul-de-sac. Yeah. Everybody is already established in the neighborhood this year. We're one of the first homes there. Yeah. So there is – the parking is way better yeah. than w- – we ever had so okay. you can still put your hiking shoes on though if you want to go yeah. for a hike after oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Sandra we're going to take a quick break Perfect. come back and talk some more about the hospice dream home after nine your Prince George Council of Seniors is coordinating the United Way's Better at Home program. If you are 55 plus and could use help with grocery shopping or some light housekeeping, contact the Prince George Council of Seniors Better at Home coordinator at 250-564-5888 to see if you qualify for these services. It's all designed to help seniors remain independent. Better at Home from the United Way and your Prince George Council of Seniors. Call 250-564-5888. Eat healthy and fresh at Homesteader Meats, founded by Ben and Rosella Clausen in 1982. Homesteader Meats has two premium quality meat and gluten-free products, plus Wednesday is Seniors Day at Homesteader Meats. Seniors 55 and over save 10% off regular prices. Single portions are available in most items, including pierogies and sausages, and are half-pound packages off ground beef, ground pork, stew meat, and meat pies. Everything from Erladen to Patties is at Homesteader Meats in two locations, College Heights and Park Hill Center. 
Ron's Hole in the Wall is now open six days a week in the Q3 Creative Business Hub. Stop by and check out his great assortment of books, magazines, DVDs, and collectibles. Tuesday through Friday between 10 and 2. Ron's Hole in the Wall is also open during the Q3 Community Market, Saturday from 8.30 to 2. Drop in regularly as always something different in store. Ron's Hole in the Wall now open Tuesday through Saturday in the Q3 Creative Business Hub, downtown at the corner of Quebec and 3rd. The School District 57 by-election is set for Saturday, and everyone in the Prince George electoral area is encouraged to get out and vote. Glenview, Heritage, Malaspina, and Pineview Elementary Schools, along with the Van Bien Training Centre, will be open from 8 to 8 for balloting. If you need to vote early, you can do so at the School District offices, 2100 Ferry Avenue, today until 8. Please bring two pieces of identification to prove identity and residency. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Sandra, a new location for the hospice dream home, not just in terms of you're not building on top of the house that was already there. You've got a whole new location on the other side of town, you were saying. But there's some things that haven't changed. You guys have still got some early bird draws. Yep, that is still the same. We have four early bird um, draws mm-hmm. um, that, again, the earlier you get your dream home ticket, the earlier you have a chance, the better chance it is to win actually one of these early bird prizes. The best thing about it, if you're really, really lucky, you could technically win all four early bird prizes and the dream home because every time a ticket does get mm-hmm. pulled out of that barrel, it goes back into the barrel. You probably wouldn't be very liked in this town <laughs> if you to win all of them, say, yeah. but it is possible. So you want to get in there early. Um, one of our, the last early bird prize that we have this year is a beautiful diamond ring. Like it's an $8,000 diamond ring from Aaron Schwitzer and Seth Tobin. They've teamed up and, um, put this beautiful ring together, which we're not displaying at the dream home. So no. it doesn't go missing, but yes. you can go down to Seth Tobin and I will well, have something soon. Um, a video or something showcasing that a little bit but so that would be beautiful to win this beautiful ring just before christmas the other thing is you were saying four early bird draws and you could win all four of them and the dream home yep and i think two of the early birds are tickets yes on the 50 50 draw yeah so we so um, you so you improve your chances of sweeping the board you pretty you could yeah you could. You could win the first early bird draw, 50-50-50 tickets yeah. from Canadian Tire. Then that could be a lucky ticket to win the 50-50 jackpot, winning your 150000 Then you could still win the other three early birds, the house, and the second 50-50. And then you really have to move. Oh, then yeah. you really yeah. have to move. <laughs> yeah, nobody in town would want to talk to you. Nobody. Yeah. Actually, they probably all would want to talk to well, you. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing is somebody up at UNBC or CNC would immediately sit down with a calculator and computer and start trying to figure out what the odds were. What were the odds for that? Yeah. We don't have as many tickets as a regular 649 lottery. Obviously, um, we are a smaller, um, a smaller lottery. So the chances of winning are really good. And how many tickets are there for the home itself? So the home itself has 13,999 dream home tickets for sale um, that are available. Again, we always hope to sell out. That is the goal. Again, it's the biggest fundraiser of the season for us. and so we hope that everybody jumps online or comes and, and sees us and buys and a you, ticket. you guys usually do sell out, don't you? Sometimes it's close because Prince George is a last-minute town. But. Yeah. You know what? We have gone from last minute to selling out three months into the lottery into four months into lottery. We have been all over the board. So you just never know. We always – we know we need to sell out. Yeah. 
and we keep our fingers crossed and we'll do our best to mm-hmm. encourage you guys to please support us. So now when is the final draw? So the final draw to win the Dream Home is December 1st. Okay. Now is that the same day as the final early bird draw as well, or does the early bird draw take place before that, the diamond ring one? The diamond ring is just before that. We are going to split them up. So that one is um, on November 23rd. Okay, so about a week ahead. Yeah, yeah. We just want to, that way it doesn't lose um, how special each draw is. We have done in the past, we had the 50-50 draw and the dream on the same day. And it makes the 50-50 seem so much less exciting if you can win a house, but they're all so special in their own way. So the diamond ring is about a week before the dream home wow and so now and you guys like people don't have to be listening to the radio or watching facebook or anything if if they win something you guys will get in touch with oh them. we find them yeah. yes we will find them we that's why again we apologize if you go online or come in to fill out a ticket we ask you all that information and we ask you to um, write it down twice it is simply for tracking if something ever there's a discrepancy and we couldn't read your writing we do have that extra part to double check we will find you Okay. We will find you. <laughs> that sounds vaguely ominous. Yes. <laughs> but it's a good thing that they're yes. looking for you. Yes. So now, the show home itself, it it's, looks great already. It's obviously all painted and everything. And it's got appliances and furniture. And those stay with it, don't they? Yes. So the house comes um, completely furnished. Um, we are we do have the expecting baby room that's not quite ready, so that will not be included. But all the living room furniture, the the master bedroom, all the decorations on the wall, the paintings. You literally just need to cut up a pot and some plates and move in just before Christmas. You are ready to go to celebrate Christmas in the 2023 Hospice Dream Home. Should you win? And all the appliances are there as well. All appliances. There's a microwave this year. We have never Ooh. had a microwave in. Wow. So I am actually really excited about that. (laughs) Well, it's those little things that you don't think about until you suddenly realize... Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a microwave. haven't had one of those It's like washer, dryer, and um, you have your fridge and stove. That's yeah. always, it's a must, but who does not use a microwave? Yeah. <laughs> we need a microwave. That should be a now, given appliance. For some people, this might also be a big question. Does it come with a dishwasher? Yes, it does. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that one too. Yeah, that That, that, that would not be a, a good trade-off. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, we've got a microwave to make it easier to cook your meals, but you're still going to wash them by hand. No. No. No, no that'd be There's a deal a breaker. Yes. I can see who doesn't like doing dishes here. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Please note, I did not say that at all. I do not mind doing dishes. I sometimes wait until I'm down to the last couple before I do them, but they get done. They get done. And the biggest thing now for people to know, what are the hours for the show home? So the dream home is open seven days a week mm-hmm. from 11 o'clock in the morning yeah. till five o'clock at night. Okay. So that's seven days a week. We are going to be closed on the long weekend. So the, the holiday itself, like, so right. Canada Day, we are going to close because we promised our neighbors we will give them one day off yeah. to just have their own families over instead of the community. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so any other day, 11 till five, you can stop by the dream home home and have a look and it's open it it'll be open right through until december the end 1st of yes. yeah so basically so it's any time there's the holidays like as you were saying well obviously canada yep. coming up so you'll be closed there now quick question on that and i don't know if you got the answer to this one canada Day falls on a saturday yes so you'll be closed on the yes. saturday 
Will you also be closed on the Monday? Because no. that, no, okay. No, we're just going to do that. Because on the Saturday. Okay, exactly. Good. I just yes. wanted to check on yeah. that. Because a lot of people will have the Monday off. Yeah. And so that might not be a bad day for them to. Yeah, to come down. Yeah. And I will post it on social media again, the hours, and remind people. And again, if you, you're always, um, you can always jump online too and buy a ticket. Yes. And then just stop by another time. Again, the weekends, like you mentioned, are pretty busy at the moment. So if you can come during the week, that's a better time to be there without um, having so many people with you. And there's you. nothing saying that you can't go out, say, tomorrow afternoon yep. and go through the home, look it over. You don't have to buy your ticket no, right then don't. and there. You can go home, think about how think great about that it. would be, yep. realize that the first early bird draw is coming up when? So the first early bird draw is coming up actually right away. So July 20th. So okay. well, not which, right away. That's well, a month away still. It's, it's going fast. So yeah, we went from May to June already. Like it just flew by. I'm almost halfway through June. I See, that's what I mean. It's coming up right away. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd want to get your ticket before then yes. if you can. Yes. And that is one of the ones with the 50-50-50 tickets. Yes. And that's okay. Salen from Canadian Tire. Yes. He is buying... 50 chances to win the 50-50 jackpot. Um, and each. Um, so he's buying it for the first 50-50. Right. We're going to have two 50-50 draws again. Yes. So the first one is running for three months. And right. then when that one is over, we start our second one, which may or may not be a little bit higher than the first one. So oh, we will okay. keep you guys posted. We'll see how we so, do. <laughs> so obviously, if you can say that, then obviously you have not officially gotten the license for that nope. one yet. Because I think the license for those has to say what, what it's it going to be. Yeah. So what it is is to... We are, um, the Dream Home supports the, um, the hospice roadway yes. house, the beds in the house. Um, three beds of the house care wouldn't be there if it wasn't for the mm -hmm. Dream Home. The first 50-50 supports our community programs. Oh, and okay. the second 50-50 supports our new home hospice program. So we are still, because we just started... We're still, what does it take? How much does it take to run? And so this is why the number is still going to be adjusted as we have Brandly just started it, brand new. It's okay. home hospice for the second 50-50. So Sandra Klim, Prince George Hospice Palliative Care Society. See, I got it right. You did. <laughs> Again, what's the address for the Dream Home and what's the website? So you can find the Dream Home at 3445 Monroe Way. Mm -hmm. And you can buy a ticket or find the information and pictures online at hospicedreamhome.ca. Sandra, thank you very much for coming in. I'm sure we'll be talking again as we go along. I'm sure we will. Okay. <laughs> Take another quick break and be back with more after 9. The Seniors Resource Centre has plenty of programs and support services for those 55+. plus. An affordable lunch can be delivered through Meals on Wheels. Non-medical needs can be covered through Better at Home. And the Housing and Community Navigator can help locate housing and other valuable resources. Call 250-564-5888 for more information or stop by the Prince George Council of Seniors Resource Centre between 9 and 3, Monday through Friday at 1335th Avenue. The Prince George Tapestry Singers invite you to attend their choral concert, Thank You for the Music, on Saturday at St. Michael's Anglican Church. Thank You for the Music celebrates the joyful young voices of both the junior and senior tapestry singers collaborating with several local professional musicians. Selections will range from contemporary to traditional and offer something for everyone. Thank You for the Music with the Prince George Tapestry Singers, Saturday at 1.30 and 7.30. Ticket information is available at pgtapestry.ca. 
Alzheimer's Society of BC's online education offers small group information workshops facilitated to provide opportunities for live discussion. Learn practical strategies to live as well as possible after a diagnosis with Getting to Know Dementia, Thursday, June 22nd. Registration and full details are available by calling the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033. Getting to Know Dementia, responding to a diagnosis, Thursday, June 22nd from 10 to 11.30 through alzbc.org. Forecast from Environment Canada. Showers today with the risk of a thunderstorm this afternoon. Wind becoming northwest 30 gusting to 50 this afternoon, a high 17. A few showers ending overnight, then clearing. Local smoke gusting northwest winds continuing, a low of 9. For Wednesday, sunny with local smoke. Wind becoming northwest 20 near noon, a high 21 with a high UV index. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well, our third guest, our scheduled third guest, is not available. Unfortunately, um, had a number to reach her at, and when Steve uh, dialed it, we got uh, this number is not in service. So, Jen, you're not in service, so yeah. please phone in. Well, she may not even be in the city at this point. Well, true enough. She was flying back from somewhere today. But... Um, the nice thing is, I'm sure we can set something up for next week, on next Tuesday's show, because the event we're going to be talking about, and I will just talk about it a little bit now, is the, and I just know I'm going to butcher this name, but I'm going to try. Give it a whirl. The Dene Lohuhu Wesdal, or Indigenous Peoples Gathering, from June 21st to 23rd, so that's next Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Mm-hmm. Now, Wednesday, of course, is National Indigenous Peoples Day, and they always have the celebration down at Clayton Lytton Memorial Park. That's the basis of it for the Wednesday. On the Thursday, they're still going to be at the park, but they've gotten partnerships with a few other groups in town, so they can offer a second day of music on the evening of the 21st, as well as a full second day of outdoor performances on the 22nd. Then on the 23rd, they move indoors to the Amanika Arts Centre. Ah. And they've got an open mic series going on there, and they also have an Indigenous group art exhibition on this month. So it's going to be three full days uh, celebrating Indigenous uh, Indigenous Peoples Gathering. Okay. As I say, with I'm certain that we'll be able to get somebody on to talk about that next Tuesday. Now, something else that's already started that I would just like to mention as well is the Exploration Place has a special ex- exhibition which actually started June the 10th, so that was last week, and it's called World War Women. Mm. It's highlighting the contributions of women uh, in both World War I and World War II. Obviously, Canadian is the focus, and it's personal stories and um, visual, audiovisuals, artifacts, images, for instance, they had things like they had people who were who hand painted artificial eyes for wounded servicemen. Wow. That's something you don't normally think about. But of course, and today that's probably done by machine. Absolutely, yeah. To, so that's on at the exploration place, um, and that is actually on until September the third. But uh, you can just drop by there. And I think, I think, okay, I think we've actually got our guest on the phone. So, yeah, we're about to, uh, 
we're about to get the interview going, as it turns out, after all, with Jen Rubido with the Indigenous Peoples Gathering. And Jen, I'm not going to try pronouncing it in the Indigenous language. I already did it once, and my tongue is still hiding in the back of my mouth. I also need to have a bit of a lesson on how to properly pronounce it, but I believe it's Dane Luhu Wesdel. I think but, that's fairly close to what I had. Okay, and I, I still, I, I probably am not doing it completely justice, but um, it means the Indigenous Peoples Gathering. Yes. And, um, you know, the reason we chose to go with that name is we're taking multiple events and we're bringing them all together. And they're all in the same theme of bringing Indigenous people together. Um, and so we thought the Indigenous Peoples Gathering um, in the Decaf language was the perfect name uh, for the event. And the first event, we were just talking about this. I, you probably heard us, actually. We were talking about it a little bit. The first event is the one that most people have gotten, shall we say, used to, if you will. The uh, National Indigenous Peoples Day things happening next Wednesday. So we could That's right. Yes. Yeah. So um, National Indigenous Peoples Day, we've been celebrating it. It has changed names, you know, mm-hmm. several times over the years. For a while, it was Aboriginal Day. Um, and so some people have short-named it to Abo Day. And so it's the, it's the same thing. So it happens on the summer solstice, so yeah. the sunniest day of the year, um, which has a lot of cultural significance as well. Um, and so June 21st, so it, it's, uh, it's always on June 21st. So yes. it doesn't change dates. Um, as as the different calendar um, moves, like, you know, Father's Day and some of the other yeah. um, days that we have in our calendar. So it stays static. So it's always June 21st. And, you know, it's it's, uh, and it's an incredible event. Um, and this year will be no different, actually. This year it's getting stepped up a notch um, thanks to the partnerships we have happening. So, um, you know, typically people would come down to the park uh, June 21st. They'd see live entertainment being music dancing, drumming on the stage. There'll be, um, you know, cultural booths and activities and kids. And food Mm -hmm. and artisan vendors. And it's really just like an incredible kind of community vibe um, that just is all about celebrating the various Indigenous cultures. And uh, just for those who don't know the word Indigenous, what that means is actually encompasses three different cultural groups. So it includes all of the um, Canadian First Nations, Mm -hmm. the Inuit, and the Métis people. Mm -hmm. So when you use the word Indigenous, it actually includes all of those um, peoples uh, in that one term. So um, not not everybody knows that. So that's kind of a cool little tidbit. Yeah. Um, so which is one of the reasons it got renamed, um, I believe it was in 2018, um, to Indigenous Peoples Day rather than um, Aboriginal yeah. Day, because Aboriginal Day just referred to uh, the First Nations groups and not the Inuit and the Métis. So that's happening June 21st. But in mm-hmm. case you miss anything on June 21st, you can go down to Clayton Memorial Park on June 22nd. Yeah. And a lot of the same stuff so, is probably going to be going on. So what's cool is, like, as I was saying, we've got this partnership, and we've got a few really notable partnerships. One of them is the Two Rivers Remix Movable Feast. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is with the Northern Indigenous Arts Council, who are putting on their first-ever Northern Indigenous Arts Festival. Yeah. Um, and then our partners with Amanika, as well as... Um, uh, Community Arts Council. So what's cool is Two Rivers Remix, they travel, I believe this year they're going to 13 communities, but they are amazing, and they are basically a traveling Indigenous music cultural festival. Um, 
super cool people, and it's all Indigenous-led. Um, so everyone that works on that team is Indigenous, which I think is super, mm-hmm. super cool. And um, they're coming, and they're partnering with us on both June 21st and 22nd. So the event is being extended, um, and you'll see so many more acts and performers that we've never, ever seen up here in Prince George before. So it's an incredible community and such a great opportunity for our community to experience um, not only our favorite local and regional performers that you're used to seeing, um, but also our uh, more provincial as well as, you know, I think there's some groups coming from Ontario. Like, it's... It's amazing. Okay. Jen, we've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk some more about the Indigenous Peoples Gathering after 9. Your Prince George Council of Seniors and Seniors First BC have partnered with local volunteer legal professionals to offer free advanced planning documents to eligible seniors. Clinics are held one Wednesday each month by appointment at the new Seniors Resource Centre, 1330 Fifth Avenue. Call Seniors First BC at one 833 512-0665 to determine if you're eligible and to book an appointment. More information is also available at seniorsfirstbc.ca. The Alzheimer's Society of BC offers an early stage support group. It's a safe place for people in the early stages of dementia to learn about dementia and community resources while connecting with others on a similar journey. To register, call the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033. The Alzheimer's Society's Prince George Early Stage Support Group, the second Wednesday of each month from 1 to 2 at 1811 Victoria. If you're interested in your family history, drop by the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library on Thursdays from 12.30 to 1.30 for the Genealogy Club. It's a free drop-in club where you can make use of the library's genealogy collection and online resources and talk to other family researchers. Experts with experience in Métis and First Nations genealogical research are also available to chat with. The Genealogy Club, Thursdays from 12.30 to 1.30 at the downtown branch of your Prince George Public Library. The Alzheimer's Society of BC's Northern Interior, Northwest and Northeast Resource Centre is located at 1811 Victoria Street. The centre is currently offering virtual support only, but can be reached by calling 250-564-7533 or toll-free at 1-866-564-7533. You can also email info.princegeorge at alzheimerbc.org. The Northern Interior, Northwest and Northeast Alzheimer Resource Centre. For those suffering from dementia across northern B.C. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So Jen Rubido, Indigenous Peoples Gathering, June 21st and 22nd. Everything happens at Clayton Lidene Park, Memorial Park. A lot of stuff on stage, a lot of vendors and everything. On the Friday, the 23rd, that's when you would almost be saying, hey, if it wants to rain, let it rain then because we're moving indoors. Jen? And the Northern Indigenous Arts Festival, that's with the Northern Indigenous Arts Council, Amanika and the Community Arts Council, they are putting on an indoor day. So mm-hmm. we decided, well, we're having so much fun, why stop the fun? Mm-hmm. So we're um, going to do a combination of indoor events, workshops, 
um, an exhibit reception and open mic and live entertainment all at the Amanika Arts Center. Um, and so that's on that Friday, June 23rd. And it's all day, basically. It mm-hmm. starts at, at noon. There'll be various events and activities. And it goes, like, until midnight. So yeah. it's uh, going to be a, a fun day. And there's an Indigenous group art exhibit happening there as well. So you can check that out when you're in the space. Now, I have to ask, because this is pulling together a number of groups. How long have you guys been working on this? Because this is the first time you've put together this three-day event, right? Yeah, and it's the first time that many of like the, these organizations are working together. Um, but we've been in talks since basically the fall, trying to figure out the logistics. It has moved around a bit, and the dates have changed, and it ended up getting incorporated with National Indigenous Peoples Day to be able to make it all happen. Okay. Um, but it's it's amazing, um, and I think you know at the end of the day, you know it's been a lot of work and a lot of. Um, you know, commitment on everyone's part to be able to come together, uh, but it's going to be such an incredible opportunity for our community, and that's that's what drives us all is to to put on and showcase um, Indigenous music and cultures in this way is such an amazing and beautiful thing, and so all of our mandates are the same. So it's it's cool. Now, I don't want to scare you with this because I'm already looking forward to next year. Good. Good. Me too. Yeah. Well, because by my calculations. Next year being a leap year means National Indigenous Peoples Day will be on the Friday. I know. Which means I if you saw. do the three-day event, excited. yeah, if you do the three-day event, <laughs> it works out nicely for the weekend. It sure does. Yeah. Um, I, I also happen to have looked into the future and was pretty darn excited about the way the days landed next year. So, um, you know, don't want to get ahead of myself when yeah. we haven't finished this one, yeah. but uh, that does give us some pretty great promise for next year. So if it all goes well now. Still, so a week from tomorrow is when it all starts. Has everything come together the way it should at this point, or were there some hiccups along the road? Um, well, you know, when you're working with this many groups, you know, it's it's always, um, you know, there's some challenges kind of built within that. But, no, it's going really well, and I think all in all, like, the community is going to see, which is at the end of the day what you want as an event organizer, um, the community is going to see an incredible event, and won't, they won't know about any of the, the potential hiccups we hit along the way. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be great. And, um, you know, we're all very fortunate to work with such incredible people um, that make up our team. So it's going to be pretty awesome. So when people are there watching, they're going to see the ducks swimming smoothly along the water. They won't see it paddling furiously underneath. That's the hope. (laughs) (laughs) Good analogy. (laughs) Something else that people should know is they might be saying, okay, that's great that they've got the first two days are going to be down at the park and everything, but I've got allergies and there's those trees in the park and they have pollen and everything. You can stay at home and watch the first two days, can't you? Yeah, you can. And so um, both the, the two days, that's one of the cool partnerships with this um, Two Rivers Remix is mm-hmm. they they have a live stream model. So they come in with all the infrastructure and staff to be able to live stream the entire event. So both days run from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. is like the main stage performances. Nice. And that entire time is live streamed. So, you know, nine hours of programming is live streamed both days. So 18 hours in total, which is just phenomenal. And I mean, like, we have it down, the the set changes are super 
fast, and mm-hmm. there's often people speaking or performing in between the set changes. So there's like never a dull moment, um, kind of on the stage, which is pretty pretty incredible. Um, and yeah, you can watch it all online. The other cool thing about that is, you know, there's been some busing issues in our community getting the kiddos around. So I know that's posing a bit of a challenge. So, um, if there's kids that are, you know, stuck at school or people that are stuck at work Mm -hmm. and you, you can't get there until after school or after work, you can live stream it and the schools can actually run an assembly. Um, and all, and the whole school could watch it together. And like the programming on the 21st during the daytime is specifically targeted to meet our youth demographic. Mm. Um, so it's everything from like contemporary indigenous hip hop to like more of like children's performers, but they're all such fast sets mm-hmm. that it's, you know, 10 to 15 minutes kind of wow. per set and then the next person jumps on. So what people are going to be experiencing is like such an incredible high volume of um, high level indigenous performances. So it's going to be awesome. Now, with that in mind, are you going to be petitioning City Council possibly for next year to have a second band shell built to see you don't have to worry so much about doing really quick breaks on each bench on the band shell? Oh, no, probably not. They were, okay. but, you know, I, I want to do a shout out to our sponsors and the city is one of them. Yes. Um, you know, they, they came on Canadian Tire, UNBC and CN um, and the Community Foundation as well. And, um, you know, we are able to offer this free event because of the generous support of our sponsors. And, you know, the city is one of them. And we're so, so grateful to what they do, not only um, in their support financially, but but also for their support of, you know, being a partner with us in the venue because we're having it at the park. And, you know, they're such an incredible team. And I have nothing but the nicest things to say um, about all of our sponsors and our community partners that help make this possible. And, you know, we've got... Something like 30 or 40, like, activity slash info booths because people want to be there. They want to support. They want to be part of this event. And that's not including, like, the artisan vendors and the food vendors. That's just community organizations that help not only put the event, like it's, it's a for the community by the community, which is one of my favorite parts of this event. It's, it's heartwarming. So as you get closer, at what point are you going to say, okay, we are going to be able to pull this off? Oh, we will be able to okay. pull it off. But <laughs> it's like, no, like at this stage, we're just in like the, the fine tuning and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the wonderful add-ons at this point. The, the skeleton structure of, of its beauty is, is already there. Like we've got an incredible team um, and it's, it's going to be phenomenal. And everything from this point on is just kind of gravy and little cherries on top. So Jen Rubido, the indigenous people's gathering next Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, where can people go to get more information? Yeah. So it's um, N I PG. So Northern indigenous people's gathering or okay. PG if could be Prince George yes. too, but <laughs> it's N I P G dot two, like the number yeah. R M X. 
for Two Rivers Remix, 2RMX.ca. So NIPG.2RMX.ca, and that's where you can also, if you want to be a vendor or if you want to sign up and volunteer or, you know, if you want to come on as a sponsor at the last minute or just get all the details in the live stream, it's all there. Great. Jim Rubido, thank you very much. That'll do it for today's show. Kylie and Darren in tomorrow, After 9. After 9 is a weekday presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Eric Allen, Kylie Lewis-Holt, Darren Guess, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Theme music is by The Ebbs. Listen for a rebroadcast of today's program tonight at 10. And for past shows, check out the archives link at CFISFM.com. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email CFISFM at Yahoo.ca. This is Community Radio 93.1 CFISFM, proudly supported by Prince George businesses like Kopar Administration.